0: We know Jesus cares, and He's at work. Even when we can't see Him working, He's working, and what He's doing right now may come out a few days or weeks down the road. Amen. Amen. Thank God that we got a place to come, though. Amen. And uh, so, what do people do that don't? Where do they go that don't have the Lord? Bars and dope houses and uh, places like that. But I'm glad our God is there and He's able to help us. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, open your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 30 this morning and I want to look at, uh, I'll read a couple verses but we're going to focus in on one verse today and uh, here in Proverbs uh, chapter 30 I preached uh, back earlier uh, on the uh, four things that the Bible said are little upon the earth and they are exceedingly wise. And I uh, preached on the ant, I preached on the coney, and I haven't preached on the locust yet, but we're going to jump over him, and uh, we're going to go to the spider today. and uh, you see a lot of spiders this time of year. I seen one out in the yard uh, on the way to church. It had about a 20 foot web, and he was about six foot size. And uh, <laughs> people see a lot of think a lot about spiders this time of the year. And uh, they're kind of scary, and so, you know, people try to get some scary stuff together for uh, this day, uh, Halloween day, that uh, they celebrate. And uh, But God has some things to say about the spider there, and we want to look at that this morning a few minutes for so the Lord to help us. Brother Sammy will be preaching tonight. I failed to announce that. I'll be here, but uh, he'll be bringing a message tonight. There'll be four things which are little upon the earth, and but they are exceeding wise. The ants are people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their house in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth, all of them by bands. And the spider taketh hold with her hands, and is in king's palaces. thinking may be seated. Lord, we ask today that, Lord, we might be able to get your help today. We ask the Holy Spirit, to, uh, Lord, to focus the light upon the Word of God and help us to make it applicable, Lord, to our lives today. If there ever was a time, Lord, that we needed wisdom as God's people, it's right now. And uh, we, need to, we need to study the Bible. And, and um, the man of Proverbs writer Solomon said that uh, wisdom is the principal thing. Above all things, we need wisdom And uh, we certainly need it in this day and hour in which we live and know what to do, what not to do, and just every walk of life. And uh, God, I pray that, Lord, you'll give us some wisdom today from the Word of God. And I hope and pray somebody will wise up today, and they'll get saved, uh, Lord, today. I pray that somebody that, Lord, is cold and indifferent, that they will wise up today and realize I don't need to be that way. There's a living God, and uh, I pray today that, Lord, you'd give us wisdom, and the Bible said the Scriptures were able to make us wise unto salvation. Thank you for the Word of God. Forgive me my sins and failures, and thank you for my too many blessings to even try to name this week, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The, the spider is the fourth of the little but wise things that god mentions here and uh, i guess if i use the title for the message today i'd call it the wisdom of the web maker and uh, we live in a day of world of the world wide web a lot of people got caught in it amen and uh, you know i've studied this actually uh, months ago i've studied this looking at it and, uh, and I looked at that spider, and uh, he's only mentioned three times in the Bible. And he's mentioned over in the book of Job, chapter 8 and verse 14. He's mentioned uh, as a type of the hypocrite uh, there in chapter 8 and uh, verse, uh, verse 14, talking about the hypocrite. It said, Whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider's web. In other words, uh, that spider's web is mentioned as the hope of a hypocrite, somebody not really saved. Or somebody putting all their stock, you know, they they go to church on Sunday, but they live like the devil the rest of the week. And it's a hypocrite's hope. And uh, the Bible said one day they'd be swept away like a spider's web. If you don't have something real, it won't last. It won't stand the storms of eternity. And then uh, in Isaiah 59, uh, he talks about uh, in our King James Bible, a lot of them change it, but in the King James Bible, verse 1, he said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have it is his face from you that he will not hear, for your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue hath murdered murdered, mummered perverseness, none calleth for justice, nor any plith for truth, and trust they trust in vanity and speak lies, they conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs. They weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. And then the only other place that they're mentioned in the Bible is here in our text today. And and all the mention of them, except here in our Bible today, our text reading today, all the mention of them is negative. And I got to looking at that back some time ago and I I thought I'd maybe stumbled upon something new but I should have known after 40 years there's nothing new under the sun. And uh, if you go here preaching, he says he's going to tell you something new, you probably need to get out of there. Uh, Because the Bible's been around a long time. It's old books, been preached a long time. Now there may be be truth new to you uh, that you hadn't heard uh, but not Bible truth that nobody's ever discovered yet. And, uh, and so I looked at this and I got to looking and I thought, man, that spider, he would make a real good type of the devil. And, uh, and I thought that was new. I'd never heard it preached on in that light. But uh, I found out I wasn't the first preacher to ever pick up on that. Uh, there's a preacher by the name of Herbert Lockhart. And if you're a Bible reader and study the Bible, you probably got some of his books at your library because he's wrote a lot of books. And all his books are like all the apostles of the Bible, all the women of the Bible, all the prayers of the Bible. And uh, it's a big set of volume of books. I have them all in my office. I thought I had all that he had, but I found out that he wrote a book a long time ago. You say, why don't you have it? Haven't you found it? Oh, i found it. I just need $100 to get it. Uh, it's a, uh, it was wrote back about 1945 or so, and it's called uh, Satan and the Spider. And uh, I don't have the book. I tried to find it on e-books and this, that, and the other that I could look at without buying it, uh, but couldn't, couldn't find it, so I don't know what's in it. But I do know that he thought the spider was a good type Uh, of the devil and I found one other along that way and you say well why would the spider be a good type of the devil well in our text today it says it makes itself into king's palaces or high places high places and the bible says of the devil in Ephesians 6 and verse 12 he talks about the wickedness in high places darkness and we got it buddy uh, if we knew all the wickedness that was in the White House today and all that was going on that we ain't got a clue about what they're doing, yeah. we'd be scared to death. Amen. Right. And then the, 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 the devil is known for setting traps. Right. He traps people. Right. Uh, the Bible said in the 2 Timothy 2 and verse 26, the Bible talks about a person delivering their self out of the snare that word means trap, out of the snare of the devil. So the devil, like the spider, he sets traps to snare people. That's why you got to watch. Because if you don't watch, you may be like you do when you maybe you go out to your garage or you go out in a building and you're not watching and all at once you're rubbing and you got that old spider web wrapped all around your head and you weren't watching, you walked right into it. And so a lot of people, they're not watching through prayer, they're not watching through the Bible, they're not watching through being warned and preaching, and they walk right they walk right into the devil's web. Amen. And something else spiders do that the devil does is spiders, they don't eat all they catch. If you look to the spider's web, there'll be, there'll be a few things in there hung in the web that they don't eat. You say, why did they leave that in there? Because they're using that one to catch another one. They leave it in there that it might draw another one and they'll catch the other one and get in. Well, the devil's like that. The devil uses some people. He's already got them. And he, he uses them. He don't kill them. He uses them so that they'll catch somebody else. Just like the drug addict. He catches somebody else with his drugs. The alcoholic. He catches somebody else with his drugs. The adulterer. The Bible said in Proverbs 7, we've got an illustration of this, and I won't read it all, but in Proverbs 7 and verse 26, it's talking about a harlot woman. And it talks about how she looks, how she dresses, how she sounds. And it's a warning. It's a warning to young men to not be taken in by her, to not get caught in her web. And the Bible says that, here's what she does, he said, "...let not thine heart decline to her ways, go not astray in her paths, for she has cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her, and her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death." In other words, God, the devil uses that harlot woman to, uh, to catch some young man, and she's going to hell, and the devil uses her to catch him and take him to hell with her. And so we have uh, so many ways like that. And like I said, we have the World Wide Web. Odd name to be given to uh, the computer system, but it's called the World Wide Web. And many have been caught up in it. And there's a lot of people that have got caught up in the worldwide web of pornography. And you would be amazed at how many people sitting in the pew and even sometimes in the pulpit have got caught in that web of pornography. And we'd be surprised if we knew how many many of our young people that you know, we've had the cell phones long enough now that we're used to them and we don't think that much about them. But that thing's connected to the World Wide Web. And I wonder how many of our young people have got caught up in that, sitting in their bedrooms that we don't even realize what they're doing. Because we've got so used to it now, we don't think no more of it than we did the old landline phone. And, uh, but boy, there's a bunch of a wickedness and an evil Uh, on that web, amen. And uh, you say, well, Brother Rick, uh, are you preaching about the spider like a devil? No, I just use that for introduction. But the Bible did say, the Bible did say, God said there be four things that are little, but exceedingly wise. And one of them is the spider. And uh, so, we we don't usually study... Spiders, we stop them. We kill them. We swat them. And uh, I'm pretty pretty bad. I don't know what you want to call it. But uh, I'm pretty bad about looking for leading. And sometimes somewhat of a sign or something is what I'm going to preach. And I got up yesterday morning. And I see the spider's web. And I got home about dinner time. And I unloaded all my stuff. And I'm standing there by the bed, taking my uh, suit off and here comes a big black spider right out in the middle of the bed. You see, what'd you do with him I I stopped him. but I just seen a lot of them, a lot of them and, uh, and so that, that kind of made me think I maybe was in the right vein this morning. Uh, I'm pretty bad about that. You said I wouldn't be that way well. I was over in Jamaica preaching, and, and uh, I was supposed to preach that night, preaching every night, and over in Jamaica, they don't have any hot water. You say, why? They don't need it. They think, because it's warm over there. And they don't have any windows. There's not any glass in the windows. They just have bars in the windows. And I'm between two messages of what I'm going to preach that night And I go in there and I'm taking a shower and all at once this little frog jumps off the tree onto the window ledge and into the shower and on out into the house. And I said, thank you, Lord, one more night with the frogs. And uh, so I'm looking at this spider. God said there's something wise about this spider and I'm sure there's a lot of things wise about it, but I'm just going to point out three things wise about this spider this morning. First of all, the spider is very persistent. Amen? In other words, uh, if you see a spider web in the corner and you take your broom and you knock it down, that spider is not going to get discouraged and go somewhere else. You say, what's going to happen? He's going to have another back up there in the morning. Because it only takes 30 to 60 minutes for a spider to build a web. 30 to 60 minutes. And you can knock it down two or three times a day, and that spider is just going to keep building it back and building it back and building it back. And the only way you can stop that web from coming back is kill the spider. But you see, a lot of people, they just tear the web down, but they don't never kill the spider. And that's the way a lot of people do with sin in their life. Uh, they don't never get it killed out in their life. They just keep walk, wiping the web back away, but the spider keeps building the web back. And when we look at this, we see that, that we can look at that spider, and we can see what we need, and the wisdom we can see from that spider is that we need to be persistent. God's people, for the most part, are not persistent. You say, what do you mean? Well, it don't take a whole lot to stop them. And, amen. takes a lot to get them started, but not too much to get them stopped. Uh, uh, but God's people need to be persistent. Amen. Uh, uh, that's why the churches, uh, they can never grow. You say, why? Because people are not Persistent. You have one group comes this week and another group come the next week. And I told somebody one time, I said, Pastor in a Church is like trying to run a factory with half the half the help showing up every week. That's the way it is. Y'all alright? Hey Zach, how you doing? Well I want you to know, listen, I want you to know that that we need to be persistent as God's people. And we'll never get anything done until we are persistent. Amen. We need to be persistent in our praying. Most people are just hit and mess on their praying. Uh, they have no set schedule. They have no prayer book. They have uh, they have nothing that they're really looking at day after day, uh two or three times a day that they're persistent in proceeding to the throne of God and asking God for help. Uh, And that's why a lot of people never do get any prayers answered. Uh, uh, They just throw something up in the air. Uh, There's been no forethought. There's been no persistency in asking God for it over and over and over again. And they never do get any answer to the prayer because God says, uh, if they don't care no more about it than that, why should I answer it? Amen. Uh, Why should I answer it? Why Jesus give us a parable about that friend that came at midnight and got the bread. In uh, Luke chapter 11 verse 5 through 10. We won't turn to it today. But you know why that fellow. And it's a parable about prayer. And you know why that fellow got that loaf of bread finally. Because he was persistent. He kept going back. He kept knocking on the door. But a lot of people think if God don't answer their prayer the first time, they're done. They ain't doing no more. And they forget about it. Uh, But I'll tell you, anybody that's very successful in praying uh, is somebody that is persistent uh, in going back and back and day and day and night and night to pray about something that they need. Amen. We get another prayer about that in Luke 18, verse 1 through 8. And uh the Bible gives a parable there about a widow who had a wicked adversary that was over, and uh, she kept going back and back and back and back uh, and he finally answered it because of her continual uh, coming before him and Then the Bible said, "Will not God uh, uh, answer our prayers in other words God uh, God is good to us sometimes when it ain't persistent, God answers our prayer." Uh, Uh, But when we're persistent, God's more likely to answer our prayer. Amen. How's your prayer life this morning? You say, well, I prayed Monday. That's not persistent, church. We have to be persistent in our prayer. We have to have a, a time, a place for our prayer, just like that spider is persistent in building back the web. You see, when you tear it down, he don't quit. He just builds another. And when you don't get your prayers answered, you don't quit. You just keep praying again more and more and more. Amen. What about our giving? The Bible said in Ecclesiastes, the next book after this, and the Bible talks about, Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. We ought to be persistent in our giving. Some people go to church and put a dollar in and they don't give no more the rest of the month. They're not persistent in their in their giving. You're persistent in paying your light bill. You're persistent in making your car payment. Uh, you're, you're persistent in buying your groceries every week. Uh, and we need to be persistent in our giving to the Lord. Uh, that's why we have this thing called faith promise which many of you are not familiar with. But uh, we did it years ago. We need to do it again. But faith promises when... Uh, by faith, you promise to give to God what you don't have. I, in other words, you say, God, i want to give $20 a month to missions, but I don't have it. But I'm, I'm going to trust you, God, that you'll give me $20 to give to missions every every month. I, that's what they call faith promise giving. Amen. And you can support a lot of missionaries if you've got a lot of people that are faithful in their faith promise giving. But a lot of people give a little bit along to missions, but they're not faithful in their monthly giving to missions. Amen. Uh, the Bible said here, it's all in the same chapter there, and it, it connects together. He talks about giving a portion of seven and eight. I remember a fellow come to me one day, and he said, Brother Rick said, uh, that tithing business don't work. I said, well, that's funny. The Bible said it would. He said, well, I've been tithing and it ain't working like you said it worked. I scratched my head. I said, that's odd. How long you been tithing? He said, two weeks. He was expecting immediate refund. But anybody that's ever tithed and been persistent in it, they will tell you that it works. Uh, We're not preaching a prosperity gospel. We're not saying you're going to get rich. But we're saying that if you'll be faithful to God, God will be faithful to you in your time of need. Amen? But it says here if the clouds be full of rain and empty themselves upon the earth, and if the tree fall toward the north and the place where the tree, or to the south, to the place where the tree lieth, there it shall be. And he that observeth the wind shall not sow and he that regardeth the cloud shall not reap. In other words, we've got to be persistent in our sowing. Amen. Talking about track month. I, I remember the Lord taught me that a long time ago. I come in one Sunday, or one, uh, one Monday evening, I come in, and uh, my yard needed mowing, and I said, I'm going to mow the yard. And I, I went to get the mower out, and I got it out, Caleb, and I filled it up with gas, and I looked up, and there's a cloud coming in, and I thought, well... I ain't going to be able to mow it today because I said it's going to rain. And the Holy Spirit said, He that observeth the clouds shall not mow. <laughs> and so I started it up and it got darker and darker and it looked like it was going to pour rain But you know what, I got that whole yard mowed, not only mowed, but weed-eated, and it never rained a drop. Uh, But if I'd have looked at the clouds, I would have never got it done uh, if I'd looked at the clouds. Uh, So we need to do that in our Christian life. Sometimes uh, uh, we come to church and it's raining or snowing or whatever it might be, and sometimes uh, uh, we don't go ahead and do what we know we ought to do. We're not persistent in our doing, amen. We ought to be persistent in our well-doing. You say, what's well-doing? Well, that's helping somebody, you know. Uh, maybe you see somebody with a car broke down the other day. The other day I went to, uh, I was going to town. I was going to Crow's Funeral Home to take back uh, a stand that Joey barred for uh, the reefs she had back there in the best of you. And I seen this truck there at that four-way stop. Guys there with a the hood up. Uh, another car parked behind him. And I pulled up beside him. I said, y- "You need some help, buddy." And he said, "You got any jumper cables?" I said, "Yeah, I've got jumper cables." And he said, well, "I need a jump. I think that's what it is." And I backed up there in that four-way stop, and, and I raised my hood, and we tried to jump in it, and it never would jump. Uh, but I, after we got through, I said, "Well, sir," I said, "You go to church anywhere?" he said, we've been looking for a church. It amazes me how many people have been looking for churches and ain't never been able to find one. I talked to a guy the other day. He said uh, a few months ago, and he said, we've been looking for a church. Uh, we ain't found one since we moved here. And how long have you been here? Ten years? He ain't looking too hard. Amen. And people will lie to you like a suck egg dog. That guy said, we've been looking for a church. Where's your church at? I said, over on Kentucky Street, across from the many storage buildings. He said, I know right where that is. We'll be there. Liar. <laughs> Fellow, we'd eaten up here back about a month ago. And I walked up to him, getting talked talk to him. And I said, uh, you saved? He said, yeah. I said, I'm saved. He said, we moved up here from Mississippi. And... Uh, He said, we've been looking for a church. I said, there's one down there we'd like to have you. He said, what time services? I said, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 6 o'clock. He said, we'll be there tomorrow. Tomorrow ain't never come. But you know what? That's discouraging. That makes you not even want to waste the time. But we have to be persistent. Because there has been times uh, when I have asked somebody and they did come the next day and they did get saved uh, and so we have to like the spider even though the devil tears the webs down. We have to be persistent. Amen. Amen. Our witness and our soul winning. The Bible said, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. Luke 15 the whole chapter is a sign to somebody looking for something lost. you got a man that goes over hills and hollers and mountains and he finally finds it. you got a woman and she sweeps the whole house and she finally finds it. you got a father there looking out of the window and finally his son comes. But you know what? The, the shepherd was persistent in looking. The woman was persistent in, in her sweeping. And the man, the father, was persistent in his looking. Amen. Amen. And her falling. We all fall. Some father and others. But a lot of people fall and they just quit and get out. One of the reasons they get out is because they don't get any encouragement from Christian people to get up. They kick them, talk about them, and, and spread uh, gossip all over Facebook and everywhere else. And they never give them any reason to get up. But the Bible said a righteous man, even a righteous man, he'll fall seven times. But he'll get up. you will be persistent in you getting up. You get wayward in your Bible reading. You get Wayward in your praying. Uh, You get wayward. Sometimes we just get off track. The devil's always trying to steer us off track, run us off the road. What do you do when you run off the road? Well, you get back on the road. Amen? And uh, you just pick up and keep going for God. But you have to be persistent. Persistent. The spider has a persistency. We need to get wisdom from that. Be like that spider. Not only that, but the spider has a poison. All spiders contain within them poison, but there's only a few that's deadly. But they all contain poison. We know that, we know the wisdom comes from us being able to realize that we also have a poison within us. And how to use it and how not to use it. You say, What do you mean? Well, did you know a spider bite can make you really sick? I found out that not really, not that many people die from a spider bite a year. Not very many at all die from a spider bite, but they can be deadly. They can be deadly. I remember when I was growing up, and Sheila remember this, but my father had a friend. And uh, and his name was Hugh Donald Peden, and uh, and my dad and him were friends, and they had spent a lot of time together. And I remember uh, they both were construction workers, and 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 my dad and him, and about every construction worker i ever seen wore them red wing boots. And one day, Mr. Peden, uh, he put that boot on one morning. And there was a spider in that boot and it bit him on the foot. And I remember my dad talking about it. And uh, he got worse and he got worse. And I remember going with my dad out to T.J. Hospital to uh, visit him there and I could go to the room today. But you know what? He died. The poison within, even though it's little, the poison within it can kill. You and I have a poison within us. James wrote a whole book about it, uh, the, the Tongue. And I could quote it, but I'd rather read it this morning. He said, My brother, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For if any man, in, for in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man and able also to bridle a whole body. It's hard to control that tongue. And uh, there's not too many perfect men. (laughs) But the Bible said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that we may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small hem, wheresoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, set on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, of bird, and of serpent, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of man. But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly, underline it, it is an unruly, it said that it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. All of us. We have poison inside of us. And uh, the Bible tells us that it's, it's true of all men, and it's true of us, all men, because we are all have been or are lost men. The Bible describes the lost man, Romans 3, Paul does. And he said, there's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. Now if you ever sought God, it's because God sought you first. Nobody ever starts seeking God first. It's always God seeking you first. And he said, they are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness and their feet are swift to shed blood. Talking about a lost man, an unsaved man. But even those of us that are saved, uh, uh, we may have one time had the tongue of the lost man and we may have that tongue may have, may have been a deadly thing. You say, what do you mean? Well, I have seen a couple of young people that that they have been literally, literally, spiritually and emotionally killed because their daddy or their granddaddy or, or, or their or stepfather, they looked at them and they said, you ain't no good. You ain't going to never be no good. You ain't worth a quarter. You ain't worth killing. You say what they do? They just feel that young man full of poison. Right. Amen. He he believes that he thinks you will never be any good. Yeah. Amen. So there, is, and Christians sometimes kill other Christians because the Bible said the poison we have within us—that little bitty member—the Bible said that it's deadly. Yeah. In other words, it's a lethal weapon. Amen. It was right in Friday night, a fellow come in the meeting, he had his Bible like that, and I said, whoa, wait a minute, brother, you coming in with that concealed deadly weapon? That Bible is a two-edged sword, the Bible said. Amen. But you and I, uh, we, we all possess the uh, possibility of, of letting this poison within us, this this tongue of ours to become a lethal weapon. Kill somebody. Do you know that little old member there, I have known over 40 years of it killing a whole church. Amen. You see, you and I have this poison within us, but but, but God, the Bible said, no man can tame the tongue. No man can, but God can. You see, all that I read in the first part of James 3. Let's read the last part of it. He says, uh, Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show it out of a what? Out of a good conversation. His works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descend this wisdom descendeth not from above is earthly sensual and devilish, for where envy and strife is there's is confusion and every evil work, watch it. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisies. Amen. You say, What is that? That's somebody that has this lethal weapon under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. And they can use it for something good. Amen. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus used to defeat the devil. When the devil came to him in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus didn't pull out a sword, Jesus didn't pull out some kind of a weapon. Jesus pulled out His tongue and He said, It is written. Three times. He took His tongue and He quoted the little Word of God. And the Bible said, The devil left for a season. Amen. You see, the Bible said that the power of life and the power of death are in the tongue. You have the ability to curse somebody and you have the ability to bless somebody. Nobody's perfect, but we ought to all be trying to bless somebody. Amen. And the only time we ought to, the only time we ought to use that lethal weapon to kill something is when it's used to kill sin or the devil. Amen. All spiders have some poison. Thirdly, the spider has potential. Proverbs 30, 28 said, the spider taketh hole with her hand and is in king's palaces. So we see that the spider has the potential to live where the king does. And we take wisdom from that. We realize that. Amen. We realize, we realize that the spider, the spider survives by what God's put inside of him. See, if you looked at one of them spiders, I believe they got eight legs and eight eyes. And if you got them under a magnifying microscope, they'd be full of holes. Their body is full of holes. And behind every one of them holes is a, their own little spinning machine. And it's really, it's really mind-boggling to look at what they can do. And they built uh, suspension bridges and and swinging bridges by studying and looking at what that spider does. But you see, that spider survives because of what God has put inside of him. He uses what God has put inside of him to survive. God's put something inside of every Christian that he ought to use to survive. You say, what do you mean? Well, Jesus said, It's expedient for you that I go away because if I go not away, the comforter will not come. But he said, if I go away, he said, I'll send the comforter and he shall be with you and in you. Oh, how we need to. If you don't get nothing else, I've said today, get this. You have God living inside of you. Use the God inside of you to find out how to battle all the things outside of you, I don't need anything. When I got saved, God give me everything. He come to live inside of me. He give me His Word, and I've got everything I need to combat the forces of the devil. It's all in me. Amen. So I survive. Amen. You see, the devil use uh, the spider uses the world. But he don't abuse it. That's what uh, Paul said to do over in uh, First Corinthians, chapter seven. It's a chapter uh, talking about marriage and things like that. But he says this. He said, "And they use the world as not abusing it, as the fashion of the world passes away." You see, that devil that spider uses the world. And the devil does too. That spider, he just hooks on, he hooks on that part of the curtain, hooks on this part of the wall, and he uses it, but he's not abusing it. You see, the trouble with us is, is we're in the world. We're not of the world. We shouldn't be of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, but we ought to use the world. I used a factory out there for 23 years to feed my family. Amen? I I have some things I enjoy. And I use it. God's put it there for me to use. But if I'm not careful, I'll abuse it. I'll abuse it. But we need to learn from this little old wise creature here, this spider. We need to learn from him That He has potential, He has potential. You and I have potential. So what we got potential to do? We've got potential to be used. Think about all the millions of creatures God created. Think of the size of some of them, the beauty of some of them. And think about which one God used. Little spider. Ugly, scary. Everybody runs away from him. That little old spider has the potential to be used of God. The Bible said there in verse twenty four, God said there's four things, and one of them is a spider. God used that little spider. We have potential to be used to God. People say the Lord couldn't never use me. If he'd use a spider, he'd use you. If you would get persistent. You'd stay with something five minutes. God would use you. Look, look, little thing. I read a story, true story, about a, a marine that was in the Pacific Islands during World War II, and uh, they the enemy come in on them, and, and they were they were killing a lot of them. They were shooting a lot of them, and somehow or another the uh, his regiment got disbanded, and he found himself away from the rest of them. They were coming up the mountain. They done killed a lot of them the enemy had. And he was looking for a place to hide. And he saw a cave. And he went in that cave. And he could hear them coming up the mountain shooting, killing others. He said, oh, Lord. He said, I need your protection, Lord. I need your protection. And he said he looked up out of the opening of that door. And there was a little spider web in the corner. The spider was weaving that web. And he said, oh God, He said, I need a wall and you sent a web. But he sat there about an hour and a half and that spider had weaved that web all the way over the, front, the entrance of that cave. And the enemies come up the hill and they were going in and they come to that cave and they said, well, nobody's in there because that spider web's not broke. God, God used that little spider to save a man. God could use you and me to save people if we let God use us, amen. amen. I know we can't save them, but we can get them to the one that can save them, amen. Amen. You see, I had the potential to be pointed out. Old Solomon's sitting there in that palace. I could only imagine what it looks like. And old Solomon's sitting there and of all the beauty there, he focuses in on the little spider over. There. He points that little spider out of all other things to look at, all the things he could talk about. He talked about that little spider. He had potential to be pointed out. Listen, I'm glad we may be little today, but we have potential to be pointed out of God. God say, "Look at him." Wouldn't you like for God to be able to point you out? You say, well, I don't want to be like Job. Job ain't the only one God pointed out. Right. Yeah. No, sir. The Bible says that all the people coming in and giving an offering that Jesus pointed out a little widow woman. Yeah. Right. The Bible said of 5,000 people plus men and, and women, Jesus pointed out a little lad. Yeah. Right. Right. A little lad. Second Kings 5. General Naaman, well known. God points out a little maid. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying that you and I have the potential to be used of God. Don't you want to be used of God? And then this says here, in closing, that he has potential. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. The spider has the potential to wind up in the king's palace. So do you. So do you. Isn't that something? Here the spider is living with high and living there in the king's palace. You say, how do I have potential, Brother Rick? Well, the Bible said the spider taketh hold. It started out on the step or out in the yard or in the garage or somewhere else but it kept taking hold now uh, they'll tell you spiders don't have hands but the Bible says they do they don't look like your hands they've got four fingers instead of five like you got but you say that they say they don't have them yeah they say but I'm going by the Bible you do what you want to do and the Bible said the spider taketh hold with her hands. He gets a hold of something and he works his way to where he needs to be. Amen. You see, you and I have the potential this morning of winding up in the king's palace if we'll take hold of the promises of God. Hereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises. But you got to take a hold of them you got to grab a hold to something like John 3.16 or, or Romans 10 and verse 9 or 1 John 1 and 9. Grab a hold of that and hold on to it. 1 Timothy 1 and 12. I know in whom I have committed it. I know that He's faithful to get me there. You Take a hold of that. That's how you wind up in there. You say, Brother Rick, how do we... Uh, how do we get that wisdom the spider's got? You get it by getting Jesus. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, But unto him are ye as Christ Jesus, who of God, in other words Jesus, who of God is made unto us, what's the very first thing? Wisdom! Wisdom! You start wising up when you get saved. But don't make the mistake of thinking that's as smart as you're going to get. You just wised up, and you wised up enough to get saved, but the Bible said He's made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Amen. I I tell you, you get saved, and you start reading this book and walking with the Lord, having fellowship with the Lord, and I'll tell you, you'll get wisdom. This world does not have the only thing the world knows anything about wisdom-wise is some kind of a degree. Some kind of a PhD or some kind of a master's degree. little girl waited on me yesterday morning uh, other side of Louisville at Cracker Barrel. And she'd come up and, uh, and I, I said, uh, you, you make me think of my granddaughter. And uh, I said, she's in college. I said, are you going to college? She said, actually, I just finished. I said, really? I said... I said, are you a Christian? Are you saved? And she said, oh yes. I said, did they, did they damage your faith? Going through all them years of college, did they damage your faith? She said, no, not really. I was grounded good. Amen. I'm glad, listen, you get grounded good. You get filled up with God. You can make it wherever you get put. One more thing. I was working at Donnelly's. I was on the front of 502. And a horse driver come down through there and he stopped and he blowed that horse horn. He said, come here. I went over there and he said, are you Rick Prophet? I said, yes, sir. He said, are you a preacher? I said, yes, sir. He said... How in the world can you work at a place like this and be a preacher? I said, well, sir, before I'm a preacher, I'm saved. And I said, when a person gets saved, if they're really, truly saved and they're walking with God, you ought to be able to put me anywhere. And I'd still be a Christian. I'd still live for Jesus. And he took off, went on down the road. A few years after that, after I left, I found out he was attending a church, going to church somewhere. Praise God. But folks, wisdom, wisdom. We need it like never before to make it through this world we're living in. Things are changing, happening. We need the wisdom of God to get us through. Some of you, most of you are saved. You've got Jesus Be persistent in that Bible. Be persistent in church. Be persistent in prayer. And God will give you the wisdom to get through whatever you've got to get through. Those that might be here today and you're not saved, the smartest thing you'll ever do is walk that aisle this morning and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and save you. I have never met anybody in 40 years, and I've heard preachers older than I am say the same thing. I've never met anybody that said, I wish I hadn't got saved. I've heard a lot of people say, I wish I got saved quicker. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you today for this.